You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, what's up, everybody? We're going over our wide receiver rankings, our tight end rankings for week... What are we at? Week 13? 13, yeah. 13 already? Man, man, we're getting close. Happy we're December. getting close to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. As they, like I said, already December. Thanksgiving is now in the rear view. Man. Yeah, fun. it's already December. It's December 1st. Um, we, got, we got a lot of injuries to talk about today. Um, a lot of injuries, a lot of players missing practice. Uh, it's going to be an interesting week. There's going to be a lot of practice reports to monitor. Um, and, and I want to get right into that. Yeah. Mike Williams, you know, he didn't practice on Wednesday. Monitor that. He might not play this week. Josh Jacobs, you know, they mentioned that he might not practice all week, but he did get a limited practice in on Wednesday. So that's good news to start the week for him, you know, with that calf injury. Um, Lamar Jackson, he left practice early yesterday with a quad injury. That's something to monitor in today's practice reports. If not, I'd be picking up Tyler Huntley in two quarterback leagues, but it's a tough matchup against Denver. So (laughs) so that's the only concern. Like, Do you want want to pick him up and still start him? If you pick up Tyler Huntley, I would, you know, just because there's probably not any better options out there, but also because, you know, the Broncos' defense looked human again against Sam Darnold, of all quarterbacks, and the Panthers' offense, who shouldn't scare anybody. I mean, I thought maybe DJ Moore. And Deontay Foreman isn't bad. But, you know, maybe – I don't want to say that the defense has given up at this point because the offense is so bad there in Denver and they're just a bad team. But – you have to wonder how long this elite defense will continue to play like an elite defense when morale is so low. I mean, we saw the de- – what's his name? Mike Purcell or whatever yelling at Russell Wilson on the sideline, and that yeah. was, you know, stirring up headlines a little bit this week. Um, I- I'm questioning whether they can continue to perform the way they have. I mean, if they just did that to let that happen against the Panthers, then, you know, Tyler Huntley, he's pretty much – I mean, if you put number eight on the back of his jersey and let him run around, he looks like Lamar Jackson, you know, <laughs> running around. Just the way he plays, yeah. too. It's just great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, 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 they could, I mean, Lamar, I mean, the, the Ravens can definitely win that game. And, you know, on, on the ground, you know, the Panthers, they, they didn't really put it on Sam Darnold's shoulders, right? Like, they ran, Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard combined for, like, it was, like, almost like 40, it's almost like 50 carries <laughs> or yeah. 40 carries, you right. know? So, it's like, they really ran down, ran the ball down your throat, um, you know? So, that's, that's the formula. And we'll see if the Ravens do that. But at the same time, you know, still a tough matchup for Huntley. But I still I still think he's probably at least, you know, a top 16, 17 quarterback, even against Denver, if he were to play. Yeah, we've seen Tyler Huntley come in and do his thing in, in, in lieu of Lamar Jackson. You know, so I'm not worried about him if he has to start. I'm not worried about Lamar Jackson yet at this point. 
you know, it's just one practice, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. My only concern that he did leave practice early, like whenever that happens, I, I get worried opposed to like him coming into the week with an injury. But hopefully he's able to practice today and he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Colin Granson, uh, who? Who? <laughs> Colin yeah. Granson, the Titan of the Colts. He's relevant because he didn't play last week. So that means Jelani Woods ended up popping off. And some people picked up Jelani Woods off the waiver wire. But Colin Granson practiced in full. So it seems like Jelani Woods isn't going to be a thing. This week against the Colts. I mean, uh, you know, for the Colts yeah. at Tendon. Travis Etienne was limited in practice on Wednesday. Doug Peterson said that he's day-to-day and that he won't be out there until he's 100%. So I'd pick up Jermichael Hasty just in case. But at the same time, Peterson did say that he feels good about Etienne's availability this week. So the hope is that Etienne is good to go and that he plays. If he does play, I love him. Top five running back this week. Yeah. DeAndre Swift completely off the injury report. Good not news. being on it on a Wednesday is a good sign. And yeah. he did he did get upgraded in my rankings. You saw that yesterday in the podcast. You know, yeah. after after we saw him take, you know, a few more roles for this team, you know, kind of getting some upgrades uh in a few different departments. So he's a low end RB2 with upside. And hopefully we can have his role grow even more this week. I, I don't see why it wouldn't. You know, you have to think at this point. And I thought he was, you know, fine and healthy, you know, not capable of carrying the workload that we want him to a couple of weeks ago. Um, but they haven't used him that way. Maybe they're just waiting for him to be completely in the clear. I mean, Jamal Williams, you know, he's scoring the touchdowns there. But DeAndre Swift, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a better week this week. Because I wouldn't be either. What he's had these past few weeks is just like an abomination in terms of usage. You know, they shouldn't be giving him that few t- touches a game you know i think if they use him just a little bit more you know he could get to that point where he's suddenly a viable rb2 for you with upside. it's supposed to be yeah and it's supposed to be a high scoring game too so yeah. you know i i wouldn't feel you know i'll feel okay putting putting him in my lineup this week you know in my flex spot for the first time in 10 weeks <laughs> right it's terrible um jamar chase should return this week he started the week off with a limited practice. Good sign for him. He was supposed to return last week after getting a couple of limited practices in, but hopefully he's able to pull in a full or two this week. Right. Uh, but I, I'm expecting him to play this week. Damian Harris, he's out tonight. So wheels up for Ramondre Stevenson. He's a top five running back play this week. Um, Jacoby Myers is also a little bit banged up. He's questionable for tonight. We don't know if he's going to play or not, but if he does play, I'm not sure if he's going to get a full workload. I'm not sure if he'll be there, you know, on every snap. Um, right. So, you know, Devontae Parker, you know, he's healthy right now. He he might actually be a, a, an interesting DFS play. And, and uh, I haven't got to my underdog stuff yet, but I have a feeling that I'm going to be putting in some uh, Devontae Parker uh, hires on his receiving yard yardage total uh, for tonight. Um, you know, outside of that, you know, obviously, you know, uh, outside of Ramondre, you know, we, we talked about, Devin Singletary, he's like at the he's like my RB thirty on the yeah. week. You're not overly excited about him uh, going up against the Patriots. Stefan Diggs, we'll see where we he he's ranked this week. Um, spoiler, he's at number two. Um, who else? Mac Jones, I'm not super excited about starting him even in two quarterback leagues. Um, right, that's pretty much it. Obviously, Josh Allen is starting. Am I missing anybody? Oh, Gabe Davis, uh, he's in my top. 25 i think 24 he's he has a good matchup on that left side uh the patriots have been given up they've been bottom 10 in fantasy points given up to that left side so solid matchup for gabriel davis so if you're looking for a boom bust play i think he's a good one this week yeah um as always 
you know, it's Gabe yeah. Davis. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who else is on the, who else is on this team. Um, I think that's about it, right? Yeah, that's I think about that's it about for the it. You, you could for yeah. the Patriots and Bills or just Patriots. I mean, you talk both, about both teams. Both. Yeah, I mean, you could say James Cook and Naeem Hines, but Naeem Hines hasn't gotten any touches. He's done nothing, and then James Cook. You know, he's just kind of a yeah. That's really about so, it. And and a tight end like Hunter Henry's like a dart throw, and so is um, Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That, that's what yeah. they've been all season. So it doesn't yeah. really change. And both of these defenses are good in their own right. So it should, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Najee Harris didn't practice on Wednesday either, uh, but Jalen Warren did. So he's the guy you want to play this week. Apparently, Warren has been cleared and he will be good to go this week. Um, I don't think that is set in stone, but mm-hmm. I would assume that's the case moving forward. So if you picked up Benny Snell, I would check if Jalen Warren's on your waiver wire because he is available in a lot of waiver wires. And if he's going this week, he is going to be a solid play. Like I would probably have him in my top 30 um, in, yeah. in terms of running backs this week. Yeah, and he's looked good. And you would know to have Jalen Warren on your roster already, you know, if you listen to Pike Good, because he's been on the waiver wire. He's been a mainstay on our waiver wire posts. And, um, you know, the podcast the past couple weeks. I mean, ever since I don't want to say ever since Najee looked bad because he looked bad. You know, I, I don't even say past couple weeks. But, I would say like the past like yeah. six or seven. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say <laughs> ever least. since Najee looked bad, I was gonna say, well, he was bad out of the gate. So yeah. maybe yeah, he's he's been on the waiver wire a while a while for us. Yeah, Najee has looked better as of late. Um, you know, so maybe Najee can once he's back, he can do some things for you. Christian McCaffrey didn't practice on Wednesday, but monitor his reports this week. It seems like he will end up playing, so I wouldn't worry, worry too much about that. Yeah. Um, in terms of who's behind him, you know, we talked about it yesterday. You know, it, you know, we saw Jordan Mason, you know, do his thing, but Tyrion Davis Price wasn't active for that game. Jordan Mason was active mostly because he plays special teams. My guess is that Tyrion Davis Price is Christian McCaffrey's backup. Yeah. Right now, I, you know, with with uh, you Elijah know, with Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell out. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's the, going to be the case too. Um, I, I'm not worried too much about Christian McCaffrey at this point right now, even though he didn't practice. I feel like they understand they're dealing with, you know, a player that's dealt with a lot of injuries before, and they just want to keep him clean and yeah. just avoid any type of aggravation at this point. And I think he's going to play ultimately, but I do think he'll be on uh, a snap count a little bit, not a humongous snap count, but enough that you don't have to worry about him getting injured and running him into the ground too much, you know? So yeah. I, I'd expect that workload to be back next week, but this week, and we've said this on the past couple episodes, you know, just temper expectations for him a little bit, not because of the talent, but just because the workload might not be what we want it to be. I would, I mean, it makes complete sense why they want to take it easy with Christian McCaffrey, especially with, you know, playoff hopes pretty high in San Francisco right now. They want to have him for the stretch run. Agreed. Uh, Joe Mixon, he's expected to play this week after practicing on Wednesday, Uh, still in the protocol, but he should be cleared soon. Yeah. Uh, David Njoku is dealing with a new knee injury. And he didn't practice on Wednesday because of that. So if you have Njoku, I'd be monitoring this pretty closely. I wouldn't assume that he's just this is just remnants of an old injury. Kevin Stefanski said it's a new one. So yeah, some some of the monitor. Dallas Goddard said he hopes to return in Week 15 from IR. That would be awesome because that's yeah. when the fantasy playoffs start. So don't drop him if you have. No, him. no, you've probably had him on IR. I mean, you know, he's one of the few high end tight ends out there. Um, but outside of Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and TJ Hawkinson as of late. So definitely hold on to him um, because he's he's going to be a contributor at some point the rest of the season. I have him in one league. 
I, I've been strolling through. I think the reason I lost, I did a little deeper dive into the reason I lost last week by one point. It's because I didn't start Hayden Hurst. I started Trey McBride with hopes that he would be able Ooh. to do something. So that one's staying a little bit, but you know, as That's soon the reason. <laughs> as yeah, as soon as Dallas Goddard gets back, you better believe he's going in the lineups. You don't have to have any hesitation with him. Once he's back, start him. He's a bona fide tight end one. Exactly. Even in this first game back, even if they're like, oh, they're gonna put him on a limited snap count. I don't care. I'll play yeah. him. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's, let's move on to wide receivers. Let's do it. I got uh, Devonta Adams at number one this week against the Chargers. Um, mm. 50 and a half projected total this week for this game. The Chargers have given up the ninth most fantasy points two perimeter wide receivers this year. So I think Adams is in for a good day. I, I think so, absolutely. I think this one screams like, you know, fantasy points again. And the Chargers were in a high fantasy point outing last week against the Cardinals. And this is just another matchup for the Chargers. It's going to have a lot of fantasy points. Devontae Adams, as of late, has been on an absolute tear. And even though the point total, you know, this past week wasn't tremendous like it was a few weeks before that, but he's gone in the last, in, through weeks 9 to 12, he has 17 targets, 14 targets, 13 targets, 11 targets. Like, that's just ridiculous. Like, yeah. he's on an absolute tear right now. So just keep buying into that target share, you know, coming his way. He's, Derek Carr's finally dialing in on him. He was a little bit iffy on and off to open the season, but now he's on a, you know, hot streak. And Devontae Adams, he has a chance to be the wide receiver one every single week. Uh, we got Stefan Diggs at number two against New England. Not a matchup you need to worry about. You know, we've seen number one wide receivers do their thing against New England this year. Justin Jefferson last week absolutely killed it. Um, so n- nothing really to worry about there, especially on that left side where they're extremely vulnerable. But either way, I think Stefan Diggs is going to be able to do his thing. Josh Allen, assuming he's getting a little healthier as well. So, yeah. I, you know, I think I think he, I don't think Stefan Diggs is going to have any problems uh, this week against New England. No, you can't bet against any of these top guys, regardless of the matchup. You know, these it, it doesn't change much, you know, their matchup with these guys. It just might hamper their upside a little bit. It, it just like it just feels like I'm shuffling these like top five guys like every yeah. single week based on the matchup pretty much. Yeah, that, that that's pretty much it. And like I said, with Stefan Dix, with any of these guys, the matchup isn't going to be a humongous indicator, but you, we have to find something to split these guys up. You know, so exactly. that might be that might be yeah. the reason that we have him down below Devontae Adams because Devontae Adams is an imperfect matchup. Stefan Dix, he's a good, very good receiver, but the matchup is just a little bit worse. Tyreek Hill at three against San Francisco, you know, relatively tough matchup, but with him running so many routes from the slot, there's still a chance that he pops. Um, yeah. The 49ers haven't been good defending the slot this year. Um and then I got Justin Jefferson at four against the Jets. I'm getting my popcorn ready for this one against Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. Yep. Uh, and you know these corners are going to be ready for this matchup. So, you know, overall, it's been a tough matchup for perimeter wide receivers. But 
And that's why Jefferson is all the way down at number four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that he does draw a really tough matchup because regardless if he's going against Sauce Gardner or DJ Reed, you know, he's gonna be having you have to fight for the yards and you know catches yeah. all day. And Justin Jefferson can obviously do that, but it's not a very good yeah, matchup. If I had to bet on anybody, it would be Justin Jefferson. Yeah, so right. Def- beat this coverage. Right, one hundred percent. But you know, don't text for Oz after one o'clock, you know. He's going to be watching a game. Yeah. yeah. He's got his popcorn. <laughs> uh, he said, I, I'm going to be watching a game too, closely, because that, oh, that's excited. a big one. Um, I, I'm excited to see how he does. Uh, Justin Jefferson against the corners, because, yeah, you know, the, the really young corners, you know, in, in New York, and they could really be nice cornerstones for this defense. I hope so. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I'm tempted to put him over Jefferson <laughs> Jefferson yeah. this week, but I, I can't get myself to do it. Um, you know, but this matchup is another high scoring game. And the Jaguars have give, given up the third most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last game, eight games. And Amara yeah. has run a majority of his routes from the slot this year. He's been running a little bit more outside, too. Um, and there are some vulnerabilities, you know, on the outside against the Jaguars as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I love Amara this week. And, you know, him, too. You know, he's been killing it over the last couple of weeks. You know, you, <laughs> you know, um, there's been a lot of tweets out, especially um, from Ian Hart that's talking about his target totals when he's when there's no injury that's concerning him right now mm-hmm. and i'm just gonna find it real quick um yeah his receptions in the last 14 games not impacted by injury 10 8 8 9 8 8 8 9 6 7 4 10 7 9 so like when he's yeah. not injured the dude is just getting targets and um you know the past couple weeks he's been getting it done yeah, not catches. just targets. It's oh, yeah, not, I'm sorry. The catches. catches yeah, it's it's not just targets. It's not like he's getting fed 12 targets and catching five or six of them. You know, he's catching a majority of his targets. I don't know what that catch rate is because I don't know the exact total. But it's just super high. And I guess I think you could argue that Amon Ross St. Brown is a safer wide receiver this week than Justin Jefferson. Yeah, um, I would say so. And I think it could warrant him being at four over Justin Jefferson and moving him down at five. But we know what type of receiver Justin Jefferson is. Yeah. And that's where you have to, you know, make the distinction. I think Justin Jefferson's upside is higher just yeah, because exactly. of the offense that he's in. But I'm on Russell Brown. He's going to be a really nice fantasy wide receiver for you every single week. And we've seen that, and it's going to continue to be that way just as long as he stays healthy. And this is a really good matchup against Jacksonville. You know, Trevor Lawrence has come on. The offense has looked a lot, looked a lot better, you know, for the Jaguars. So I, I think that he's going to be a really big game, high-scoring game. One that's kind of flying under the radar because there are a lot of good matchups this week. Yeah. You know, Jamar Chase, he should be back. I have him at six. I think they've been holding him back a little bit until he's 100%. You know, yeah. so I'd expect him to bring it this week in a great matchup and a high-scoring game against Kansas City. Um, and then you have CeeDee Lamb at seven, A.J. Brown at eight, T. Higgins at nine. Um, I really want to target these guys in this Chiefs-Bengals game. That's why I still yeah. have T. Higgins in the top ten. Yeah. Um, and then I moved Chris Godwin up to ten, double-digit targets in six of his last eight games. Um, and the touchdowns, you know, finally came over the last two weeks. Him mm-hmm. and Brady are just not – him and uh, Brady are in sync right now, and Mike Evans and Brady are not in sync no. right now. Yeah, it's gone very cold for Mike Evans, and things have really heated up for Chris Godwin. But, I, okay, I just contradicted myself because, you know, I want to say things have really heated up. I guess in terms of production, they've really heated up for Chris Godwin. But we've seen this usage since week six. Yeah. 12, 13, 11, 10, 8, 13 targets in his last six games. Like, that's just ridiculous. Seven games, sorry. That's just ridiculous. You know, he's getting targeted regardless of the matchup and regardless of the game script. They've been in games. They've been out of games. It's just a Chris Godwin show at this point. Mike Evans is being phased out. I don't know why. You can't really explain it. But right now, the hot hand 
is you know extremely hot like it's on fire right now with chris goblin so you can't avoid that you can't ignore it either i think that him being in the top 10 is a no-brainer especially against new orleans i mean i know they've struggled recently but this is a different team than tom brady's face the past few years where he struggled i got jalen waddle at 11 um you know i moved him down a bit because of the tough matchup against san francisco but christian kirk man I love, love, love his matchup this week against Detroit. Maybe I need to move him up over Waddle. I'll think yeah, about it. Maybe. But uh, he had a uh, tough matchup last week. He yeah. didn't come through. You know, but this week he goes up against Detroit, who has been giving up the fifth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. They're over under is at fifty one and a half. Christian Kirk has to be in lineups this week. Yeah, absolutely one hundred percent. I was tempted to say, like, just right off the bat, move him up over Jalen Wilds just because of the matchup. But the thing is, you know, Christian Kirk, he's been on and off this season. And we know Zay Jones is liable to have the Zay Jones game every few weeks. Obviously, that was last week. I don't know if that's going to continue um, moving forward, if it's going to be this week. But this is a really good matchup. You can't ignore it. You know, the Lions defense has not been good. And um, even though they've been much more competitive in games recently and they brought the Bills to the wire, you know, it's still like the team that's going to have trouble stopping opposing offenses. And this offense suddenly has weapons, you know, especially if Travis Etienne plays, that can allow more balance, and Christian Kirk can get some higher quality targets than just, you know, chucking it up in the air. But I, I think Christian Kirk should be a wide receiver one. I'm tempted to put the guy we have beneath him above him just because I'm an Amari Cooper guy. But with Deshaun Watson, you know, I'm not sure I would do that. We'll see. I'd like to see them play together because Jacoby Brissett was doing just fine. I was going to say, like, I have I have Amari Cooper at 13 against Houston. You know, we'll see how he does with Deshaun Watson, but there's no guarantees here, right? Like, I feel like this right. ranking might be a little bit too aggressive, you know, given what we don't know and, you know, what the fact that we don't know what to expect between him and Watson. It's true. So the other th- – yeah. Okay. Now you're persuading me against it, but because we'll <laughs> now I'm also thinking, like I said, we talked all week and we talked especially yesterday about the Browns potentially leaning on the run game a lot heavier because they don't need to, you know, put Deshaun Watson in and ask him to do too much full throttle coming off, you know, a two year hiatus almost. That's essentially yeah. what it is. So maybe that's more run centric. You know, I think Amari Cooper can get it done anyway, but I'm you're right now I'm questioning his ceiling because you have that the fact that they're going to lean on the run game and we don't know what Deshaun Watson is going to look like it might be a little high I think it's easy to bet on the talent because we know Amari Cooper is a good receiver but and he's done very well with Jacoby Brissett but there's a lot of more question marks that need to be you know answered before we can I think rank him that high so maybe maybe we bump him down a little bit yeah yeah I mean I love Keenan Allen's matchup right I have him at 14 against the, the Raiders. Like, as we talked about all year long, the Raiders have been absolutely terrible against slot wide receivers. That's where Keenan Allen runs most of his routes from. Yeah. And then DK Metcalf at 15, Tyler Lockett at 16. I'm always going to pair these two like right next to each other. <laughs> That's, this is exactly the where they were in the rankings last week. I didn't have to touch them. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly how we have. I love it. Uh, Garrett Wilson at 17. You know, I love him this week against Minnesota. You know, with, with Mike White. You know, I think he can have a big day. I have Christian Watson right after him at 18. You know, do I love Wilson's matchup too much? Like, should we move Watson ahead of Wilson No, against Chicago? Nope. No, I think Garrett Wilson deserves to be at 17 over Watson at 18. I'd argue maybe Garrett Wilson could be put over Tyler Lockett. Um, okay. Because the Rams defense, I'm, Aaron Donald, he might not play this week. He's not playing. He might have been ruled out. Yeah, there, so, there he ruled him out. That's a big blow. But it's still a division game for them. I, I think that it'll be close enough that – Seahawks have kind of cooled down a little bit on offense recently outside of, you know, last week. But um, I think that Garrett Wilson should be, you know, ranked pretty high this week because we see that Mike White 
obviously knows how to get the ball to his playmaker, and that's Garrett Wilson. And he's looked good, you know, in the games that he's been able to benefit from non-subpar QB play. So, <laughs> and the matchup, like you said, is fantastic. The Vikings' pass yeah. defense is just horrific. Uh, I think that Garrett Wilson is in for a big day. I think so, too. I mean, I think he has more upside than Todd Lockett, but Lockett's on a roll right now, man. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, he scored a touchdown in four straight games. Like, it's just like, if I have Lockett, I, I really would have a hard time benching him for Garrett Wilson just because he's been getting it done for me, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think um, that makes sense. But if you yeah. want to play upside, play the upside game, you know, if you need to punch into the playoffs, punch your ticket, um, Tyler Lockett, he's been middle of the pack. But that's been reliable for you. Garrett Wilson, though, I think has a really good upside. Yeah, I feel like we have him ranked really high. Would you be disappointed if he had a game quieter than like five catches for 70 yards? Yeah, I'd be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That would be for sure. If I'm ranking him here. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, in general, like five catches for 70 yards isn't bad. Maybe if he had, if five catches, 70 yards, a touchdown, is that still a disappointment or no? No. Okay. So five, seven, five for 70 a touchdown, I'm happy. All right. I'm happy. Yeah. I think he could Because that's pretty that much what you're expecting from Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Like five okay, for 60 and a touchdown, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then I got Terry McLaurin at 19, uh, Brandon Ayuk at 20. Uh, solid matchups for for both of these guys. You know, on that left side where, where McLaurin runs most of his routes from, he's been, uh, you know, that's where the Giants' vulnerability is. Um, still okay starting him. He hasn't necessarily got it done over the last couple of weeks, but we know he's still getting targeted. I'm cool starting him. Brandon Ayuk. You know, Debo's a little bit banged up right now. So I think, you know, IU can potentially get it done. And in, in this game, we have no idea how this game is going to go. High scoring, low scoring, you know, what's going to happen uh, yeah. this week, you know, with Miami. Um, but if it's a game where Miami can put up points, then, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to throw it a little bit. And I think IU has a plus matchup this week. Yeah, I think it's a good matchup because if the Dolphins offense does any type of scoring against this defense, you know, um, they're obviously going to have to have Brandon IU contributing in the passing game. Debo Samuel. Oddly enough, he's been super quiet, and that doesn't really make sense to me. Um, you said he's maybe a little banged up. I thought he was back, you know, from injury. He was back pretty well, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Jimmy Garoppolo also seems to just be looking for Brandon Ayuk more often. Yeah, and he's he's had really good target share. I think the past few weeks he has. I mean, this makes sense to me. I mean, you know, second half of last season, Ayuk was out targeting Debo, right? And now you bring in Christian McCaffrey, who's getting you know a bunch of targets out of the backfield. And those were Debo's targets before. You know, those low ADOT targets, that was all Debo before. And now, now it's Christian McCaffrey. So this move to, for, to trade for McCaffrey, like, hurt Debo the most. And that's what we said, you know, from the beginning when, when mm -hmm. Christian McCaffrey got traded to the 49ers. Like, this was going to happen. Um, and, you know, Debo gets downgraded. And I don't even have him here at the top 20. Um, no, I think and you'll see where I have him. Like, I have him down at 30. Okay, week. yeah, I was going to say, should I spoil um, it? Because he, ba yeah. he barely cracks the top 30 because he is yeah. 30 and his target share has really gone down and on top of that he's hurt so you know listen Kittle has a good matchup this week you know McCaffrey's mm -hmm. going to likely play Ayuk has a good matchup too and he's he's been the target share leader so yep. <laughs> where does Debo fall here he, he he has to get it done on a catch and long run for a touchdown or he gets a he gets a, a you know a run out of the backfield or something like that you know mm -hmm. in the red zone but you know, he's going to have to do something miraculous for him to, you know, be a you know, top 24 wide receiver, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's why I have him so low. You know, I have Mike Evans at 21. Moved him down a ton. I moved him down like 10 spots this, this week. Is, Just, yeah. This is where he has to be, <laughs> you know, with the way that he's produced, the inconsistency that he's had. And the 
he was inconsistent to open the season, and it's okay to be inconsistent if your boom days are 30 points, 26 points, you know, like he was having. But he is now consistently bad. Like, he's been under, I think, 10 PPR points past three weeks. Like, it's been bad. I, I don't know what it's about. I don't know how to explain it. I mean, Chris Godwin getting a bunch of targets might explain some of it, but Mike Evans is a much better talent than this. And we haven't really seen this before with Mike Evans, a stretch, uh, a stretch this long of bad games. So he had a good dirt. run. You know, he had a good run between weeks four and and eight where he had uh, he had three games over 80 yards receiving. Yeah. Um, but he only, in that span, he only had two touchdowns. He only has three touchdowns on the year. Um, yeah. And then lately over his last three games, five for 40, five for 54 and two for 31. So they, they need to get on the same page. We don't know if, if Marshawn Lattimore is going to play this week or not. He started practicing last week. There's a chance that he still doesn't play. So mm-hmm. obviously, the Marshall Lattimore, you know, has been Mike Evans' kryptonite mm-hmm. over his career. Uh, so if he doesn't play, then you know you're kind of feeling better yeah. about Evans. And even if Marshall Lattimore does play, I don't know if he's going to play a full, you know, if, a full complement of snaps. If I'm not mistaken, they ejected each other. They got themselves ejected <laughs> in week two. So yes, uh, I'd that, say that's not good either. No, that's not good either because Mike Evans won't play if that happens. Yeah, no, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but the other thing that's kind of sticking out to me, you mentioned the past three weeks that he's had such low output. He's caught 12 passes, but he's been targeted 26 times. That's under 50% yeah. catch rate on those targets. That's just like, like I said, un, unprecedented. I, I don't, I never saw that coming from Mike Evans, especially with Tom Brady at quarterback. Um, I thought that was better, but I don't think we're, I don't think this is like regression or any problem with Mike Evans. It's just not going the Buccaneers' way. Not not only for fantasy, but just this season in general. So it, it's been weird seeing the Buccaneers kind of fall out of relevance um, for fantasy outside of maybe Chris Goblin because the running backs are kind of barren. Tom Brady, he, he's low-end QB2 at best right now. So yeah. we'll see. Chris Olave at 22 against Tampa. You know, he should get his targets in this game. Um, I have – are you starting Chris Olave or Mike Evans? <sighs> They're both – Rough matchups. I, I would I would go with Chris Olave just okay. just because I trust that he'll have a role um, more than Mike Evans. There's not as much competition for targets, um, yeah, especially agreed. with Rashad White. You know, coming out of the backfield, he got a bunch of targets last week. True. Um, that that might also be part of it. You know, I mean, I know Mike Evans is a downfield threat, so my, Rashad White isn't going to be ch- chopping into that. But there's not any weapons outside of you know Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara on the Saints offense. The Bucks did the Bucks play on Monday night? Yeah, they're the Monday they play- night game. Okay, so that's why we didn't get any practice reports yesterday. I was wondering right. about Leonard Fournette for a second. I'm like, wait, did we hear anything? No, we didn't. Their first practice, their first official practice is today, Friday, and then Saturday. Yep. Um, okay, so I got Juju at 23. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, on the confidence scale, you might want to play him over Mike Evans too, honestly. In a very good matchup. In a very good matchup against Cincinnati, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster has a chance to contribute. Yeah, I mean... You know, Cincinnati has been good against wide receivers this year, you know, um, and, you know, it's one of those things, though, where Pat, it's Patrick Mahomes, right? And it's like, yeah, he's what makes things good matchups. <laughs> and yep. like, I think Juju can still get it done. Last week, is- Juju, was, Juju was on a snap count. Uh, he didn't run too many routes. He only yeah. got a couple catches. Uh, but I would expect him to be, you know, 100% good to go this week. Is there a negative matchup with Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback? I, I just don't feel like that's really a thing. And I, I don't want to, you know blow smoke up his ass too much but you know Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes he's he deserves just, it he's a complete game changer <laughs> like I, I haven't seen personally the level of play from Patrick Mahomes at such a consistent level 
you know, in all of my watching of football. Even Tom Brady has – he's looked good, but he, Tom Brady wasn't like, wow, highlight real plays. You know, he was just like, good. It's like, wow, you know, this guy is really I mean, good at what he does. you know, like the days of Peyton Manning, you know, like like I – like that was for – to me, those were like the days where it was just like every single week, like holy shit. Like, you know, yeah. like – he doesn't do like you know behind the back fucking passes like Patrick Mahomes does, and like you know these like side on. <laughs> it wasn't as flashy, yeah. It wasn't as flashy, but like the throws that he would make, it, like unbelievable. So like he was mm-hmm. probably the best arm talent that I've seen, you know, in you know me watching football. But yeah, Patrick Mahomes is right there. Yeah, he's right there I, in terms of fantasy. Like he's just unstoppable. It doesn't matter. And we, everyone, every season we come into, we talked about this a little bit. We come into the season saying like, is it worth drafting Patrick Mahomes because he's a quarterback? Yes. Because he's a lock for 20 some, 30 some points every week. Doesn't matter who the opponent is. That's just what he does. And then I got Michael Pittman at 24 uh, against Dallas. Um, He's going to see, uh, I I don't think he gets shadowed this week. Um, Trayvon Diggs hasn't shadowed hardly anybody. I mean, he, they don't move him around too much. I mean, they were leaving Anthony Brown in coverage against Darius Slayton, and he was getting sunned. So, yeah, I'm um, not sure why he's listed here as a projected shadow, but he's been on his side on 90% of routes run against him. So, yeah, so I doubt it. But Michael Pittman does run most of his routes against Trevon Diggs, so just keep that in mind. But he does mm-hmm. move around a little bit. So I, I'm not too worried about him. Um, I'm not trying to stay off of him or anything like that. Um, wouldn't worry about it too much. Like, Anthony Brown, you know, that their side has been giving up the fourth most fantasy points to wide yeah. receivers over the last four weeks. So they have been giving up a, a little bit of, you know, points lately. So hopefully Michael Pittman can take advantage of that this week. And then you got Devontae Smith at 25 uh, against Tennessee. This is a pretty good matchup for Devontae Smith. I, I know this offense, passing offense, has been quiet lately. But, you know, it's one of those situations where against Tennessee, Devontae Smith runs most of his routes on the right side and in the slot. And Tennessee has been giving up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers on that right side and the ninth most in the slot uh, yeah. this year. So, you know, it, it, and I love that's why I love AJ Brown too, because on that left side, Tennessee has been giving up the fourth most fantasy points. So I, I know this team isn't the most pass heavy team, but yeah. against Tennessee, I feel like they might be because, you know, they're a very tough rush defense. And I feel like Jalen, they're going to put the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands in this game. And they're going to air it out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about the Titans, how they've, I mean, they got toasted. I think it was by, was it by Devontae Adams earlier in the season? Or no, it wasn't Devontae Adams. Stephon got, Diggs. Yeah, Stefan Diggs. They got toasted in week one. And then they kind of did that thing where they double the number one receiver on the team, you know, and but, they just take they him stopped. out of the game. Yeah. And then they stopped last week against the Higgins. But it's interesting. I feel like they're going to be extra motivated to make sure that A.J. Brown does not have a big day against them. Because remember, this is the team that traded A.J. Brown, you know, because they didn't want to pay him. And they, now he's with the Eagles, and he's, like, having a good season. I think Devontae Smith, because of that, you know, they might go back to that coverage, double cover A.J. Brown, make sure he doesn't have a big day. Devontae Smith could be wide open. I can um, see it. Um, that could definitely know, be something I see happening. Last week, Higgins went seven seven for 114 in a touchdown. Um, the week before that, you had Christian Watson getting those two touchdowns. And then uh, Alan Lazard had a decent game. Randall Cobb had a decent game. So, yeah. you know, this is one of the situations where I would I – would, uh, Try to have wide receivers against Tennessee, you know, especially on, on an offense like this and talents like this, like Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. Then I have Josh Absolutely. Palmer at 26. I'm assuming Mike Evans isn't playing this week. So that's why I have Josh Palmer here. Mike I Williams. 
Not Mike Evans. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming Mike Williams uh, wouldn't isn't going to play this week. He hasn't practiced yet. Uh, we'll see what his practice reports are today and tomorrow. But um, I have Josh Palmer here. Palmer's been like low key getting it done, dude. You yeah. know, and I'm I'm honestly surprised that he's still able to get it done. Now, Keenan Allen didn't get a huge target share last week, and I think that's no. an anomaly. You know, we had Josh Palmer. You know, get some targets. You know, we had DeAndre Carter. I think he had double digit targets last week. Um, we I don't think that's that. gonna happen <laughs> that yeah. often. No. So I, I, I would, I would, I would think that it's gonna be Keenan Allen. Yeah. I would assume that Josh Palmer is gonna be the guy. You know, getting targets behind him before DeAndre Carter does. So I think the targets are gonna be re- gonna be redistributed this week, uh, especially with Mike Evans out, Mike Williams again. Mike yeah. Williams out. <laughs> we had DeAndre Carter. Yeah, he did have 10 targets last week. And he caught seven of them, and he did score a touchdown. So that was a good week for him. But like we said, this is going to reshuffle. Keenan Allen should get full complement now. That might have been the test run last week to see. You know, obviously, he had been out a while. Just a test run to see if he's back and 100%. And, you know, he passed that test of flying colors with the work that he got. Having Keenan Allen back, I think, benefits Josh Palmer a ton. And that's going to help him stay relevant these next few weeks, as long as Mike Ab- I just did it. Mike Williams is out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so Mike Williams out. I mean, and Keenan Allen in the lineup, Justin Herbert has looked like a completely different quarterback. He looks like the Justin Herbert that we've come to know. Um, and I can't say I didn't call it. I did. But um, he looks really good. And with Justin Herbert throwing very well in the offense in very good matchup this week against the Raiders, you know, I wouldn't be keeping Josh Palmer out of my lineup if I had him. He, he could have a huge game. And he did. I think it was through two or three weeks ago three weeks ago maybe, in the game where he wasn't supposed to have a big game. That was when Mike Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, were they both back in the lineup? They were both active. Yeah, they both um, played. Josh Palmer scored a touchdown on like the first drive of the play, like a long touchdown on the first drive. Yep. Uh, then Mike Williams had a catch and then was out. And then Josh Palmer just went off. Yeah. After so, that. yeah. I guess maybe because now he's supposed to do well, he won't. We'll see. <laughs> it's it's a it's a high scoring matchup. It's again against Vegas and a good it's a good matchup too. So you know it's one of the situations where you want to target the, the, these type of games. Um, so I'm, I'm totally fine having Josh Palmer in my lineup as a flex play, wide receiver right. three play. Yeah. Um, Gabe Davis, I mentioned him already. You know tonight, New England. You know he lines up on the left side most of the time. He runs most of his routes from the left side. Um, and this year, Buffalo has given up the second most fantasy points. Uh, no, I'm sorry. New England has given up the second most fantasy points to slot to that left perimeter over the last eight weeks and over the last four weeks. So it's a spot where you want to target, and Gabe Davis could potentially go off because of that. Yeah, would love to see that. 100. Oh yeah, <laughs> Trailer it, it, breaks he's, yeah he's had some ahead. quiet games recently. You know, he hasn't. He's been more of a bust than a boom recently. So hopefully, we can see him get back into the mix of things. Yeah, I mean, the good thing about Gabe Davis is that before this past game, you know, he had a couple, you know, decent target games, you know, seven targets, yeah. 10 targets, you know, so it, it's that, that's a good sign for him. Um, right. But they yeah, clearly want to have him involved. Yeah, we would have hoped for a better game against Detroit last week, but yeah, it is what it is. Traylon Burks at 28 this week. Um, I think his upside is a lot higher than a lot of these guys we have around him. Uh, but, you know, Tennessee you just like never really know how they're going to attack, right? You yeah. never know if they're going to be throwing the ball a lot, if they're going to be running the ball a lot. If we knew that they were a balanced offense, then I think I would have Burks higher because his target share has been there. His targets per route run has been there. Um, but that's why we keep bringing up targets per route run with Traylon Burks because like, he, you know, 
the the volume isn't necessarily there for this passing offense on a consistent basis. So I think Burks, I'm not worried about the matchup, you know, in terms of Darius Slay or anything like that, because we've seen over the last couple of weeks, Philly has been giving up some decent weeks to wide receivers. Like this is not a matchup where you're like, oh, like Darius Slay, you know, it's just going to like shut it down. Right, mm-hmm. because if you look at what happened last week, Christian Watson, right, four for one ten and a touchdown. The week before, bef- the week before that, Pat- Michael Pittman, six for seventy five, not terrible. Terry yeah. McLaurin, the week before that, eight for one twenty eight. So, you know, this isn't a matchup that, that you necessarily have to stay away from for your wide receiver. So, this isn't a scary matchup for me if I have Traylon Burks. And Traylon Burks has looked pretty darn good these past two weeks. You know, oh yeah, he, he's healthy. He's looking like he's going to be a bigger factor in the offense moving forward. And I'm not too worried about it because he's the number one wide receiver on this offense. The only thing with Traylon Burks, you know, you assume the risk of the Titans leaning heavy into whatever they decide to do on a given day. Like you said, if they're going to run the ball, well, guess what? It's going to, they're going to be running the ball. Uh, Brian Tannehill might attempt 20 passes. And then there are days where they decide, oh, we're going to throw the ball. And then now suddenly Ryan Tannehill's getting closer to 40 passes. It's like, it makes no sense. Um, if it's just an off day, you're going to have that issue. I think for that reason, I would keep him under Gabe Davis right now because Gabe Davis is like just about the same thing, but he's on better offense. So And he, and he has a much better matchup too. Yeah, the matchup too also does that. Even though New England, New England's tough. But when you look deeper into it, on the surface, New England's a tough matchup. You look deeper into it, like you said. It's not that bad a matchup. So I would no. keep Traylon Burks here, but the upside is definitely there against Philly, especially. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to get into garbage time, but if they get into any type of situation where they're in a negative game script, you know, that they're going to be throwing the ball. Traylon Burks is going to be the guy catching it. If uh, Richie James can go five for 41 and a touchdown out of the slot against Dallas, like he did last week, I think Paris Campbell can do so as well. Assuming they <laughs> throw him the ball, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that I, they I, did not do last week. No, they did not. And I have him at 29. That's a little bit of a downgrade for Paris Campbell because of what we saw last week. And it was super – I was wondering why they weren't passing the ball, you know, Yeah. Uh, against the Steelers. The last two weeks, the Steelers have been shut down against the slot. Tyler Boyd, Paris Campbell, they've both been shut down pretty much. Um, so, you know, maybe they're, the Steelers are doing something different because they know that was one of their vulnerabilities. But Paris Campbell – I still think he's a solid wide receiver three this week. We've seen most games with Matt Ryan where he's being peppered, you know, so I, I would, that's why I have him over Debo, who I have a 30, because I think there's a higher chance that Paris Campbell gets a high target share, uh, gets a bunch of receptions. And, you know, and honestly, Paris Campbell had those three games with those three touchdowns. Um, but Debo probably has a better chance of scoring. So if you're in a standard yeah. league, you know, I'd probably go Debo. If you're in a PPR league, I'll probably go Paris. Yeah, Paris Campbell makes sense. I'd bet on Paris Campbell's receiving work out touching, you know, Debo Samuel's wide back yeah. work every week, at least at this point, you know, moving forward. Um, unless something drastic changes, like maybe Brandon Ayuk gets hurt. I'm not going to hope for that. But unless something like that happens where Debo Samuel is in line for more work, you know, he's going to be suffering from the effects of Christian McCaffrey being traded. And we talked about that. But Paris Campbell, he can definitely get it done. Like I said, especially if, you know, Matt Ryan throws the ball to him. We've seen. He does good things. We just need Matt Ryan to throw him the ball. The only thing that concerns me is that the pass game might be, you know, shaky at best because of the pass rush. We talked about Matt Ryan being slow moving in the pocket. And um, Dallas has a pretty good pass rush. So we'll see how that adds up. But maybe if they get into garbage time, you know, Paris Campbell could do some things. Um, Yeah, the hope is that, you know, because of that pass rush, they realize that Paris Campbell is their wide receiver that they should throw to because he runs those short routes. Those quick out, quick in, yeah. Exactly. Like that's that's what Paris Campbell does best. So 
Hopefully yeah. they, they realize that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get into tight ends real quick before we close out the show. Travis Kelsey at number one, no surprise there. Mark Andrews at number two yep. against Denver. Uh, TJ Hawkinson at three. You know, at this point, like, these guys are just kind of – these are, these three guys are going to be the top three guys all season long. That was what um, I was just about to ask you. I was like, do you think these guys are locked in as the top three for pretty much, Like Pretty much. You know, unless yeah. Hawkinson has, like, this ridiculously good matchup, I might put him over Andrews. Um, mm-hmm. you know, certain weeks, but for the most part, this is how it's going to be locked in, regardless of matchup. Yeah, I think that is, you know, pretty much a bona fide top three. The Vikings are the only team that traded for a player and they're using him how they, you know, should <laughs> after trading for him. If you add him, if you go out of your way to add him at the deadline, you know, you're going to use him. Naeem Hines not doing it. Um, Chase Edmonds not getting usage over in Denver, but that's a whole different story. Just TJ Hawkinson has been a revelation at the tight end position for fantasy football. He looks much better in. The, you know, Vikings purple than he did in the Lions because they weren't using him over in Detroit. Hawkinson's target share went down just one week, but I I don't I, I don't care. Like I feel like yeah. it's just gonna pop right back up. And you know, Thielen had a good week last week, but you know, I think it's gonna go the back it's gonna go back the other way where it's Hawkinson over Thielen. Yeah. Um and then George Kittle have him here at number four. This is a good matchup for him against Miami. So that's why I moved him up over Pat Frymouth and Dalton Schultz. Uh, and then I have Pratt Frymouth at five, uh, Dalton Schultz at six. Frymouth has a little bit of a better matchup than Dalton Schultz, so that's why I put him up there. He's getting the target share. Um, so, I, I, you know, it's really close between Frymouth and Schultz. Schultz is, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good matchup, too, for him. Like, I'm not worried about it at all. But, like, these are, like, the top six that you can really depend on. Outside yeah. of this, it's a crapshoot. It's a complete crapshoot. I would add David Njoku into that if he didn't have the knee injury. I'd say you could. I agree. I agree. If he didn't have the knee injury, like I would, I would, I would agree. Yeah, that because that's pretty much it. I mean, Deshaun Watson obviously has questions there. We'll see how it goes. But um, rest of season, David Njoku, I would put him there. If if he can come out of this injury, you know, problem again, which he's dealt with a little bit this season. I think he can kind of ascend to that tier because at this point, anybody can do that if they have like two straight good weeks. So we'll see how that goes. But um, I, I think Dalton Schultz is fine. The only thing that worries me a little bit about Dalton Schultz moving forward is that Dallas is running four tight end sets like a lot now, suddenly. <laughs> you know, they're running four tight ends. It makes no sense, but it's working too. They have two good tight ends behind him that have actually been contributing. Did you see Jake Ferguson hurdle that guy on Thanksgiving? Like, come on. No, it's true. I mean, yeah. Schultz's route participation has gone down each of the last two weeks, so that's something I'm concerned about. The target share has gone down as well each of the last two weeks. So, yeah, something to be concerned about. That's not going away for Frymouth, um, yeah. and that's another reason to have him over Schultz this week. Mm-hmm. Just just something to keep an eye on moving forward. I think Dalton yeah. Schultz is still the best tight end they have there, and Dak is obviously looking for him a lot, but we'll see how things you know change moving forward because, like I said, they didn't run that four tight end set a lot until the last two weeks. So we'll see how things go there. Uh, David Njoku at seven. Uh, hopefully that knee injury is fine. That new knee, new, that new knee injury that Kevin Stefanski is talking about. Hopefully he'll be okay. And yep. we'll see how you know if Deshaun Watson likes to target him or not. Right, that's another thing. 
to, to keep mm-hmm. in mind. It's Cole, def, one of the things we're watching for this week is just see how things go with Deshaun Watson. I, I mean, who does he target? You know, yeah, all that. Amari you, Cooper. You want to take a lot from it, but you don't because it's like it's just one week. Um, I think it's going to be a run heavy scheme that they're drawing up. You know, like I said, to take pressure off Deshaun Watson. At the same time, it's Houston, so that's what you want to run at. You want to run at the Houston defense. Um, but definitely want to see how the usage goes. You know, who gets targeted and who doesn't. Cole Komet at number eight here uh, against Green Bay. I think that Justin Fields is going to play this week, and, and if mm-hmm. he does play, you know I'm I'm cool, you know, rolling with Komet uh, this week. If he doesn't play, then I'm, I'm probably not going to start him. Yeah, you know, but who else are you going to start? Right? It's like it's tough. They got Gerald Everett at, at nine against Vegas. A couple of good tight ends have had good days against them, so I'm cool rolling rolling him out. And then Foster Moreau against the Chargers. You had a couple of good tight ends play well against him, and then. Not so good tight ends didn't do well. You know, this looks like a good matchup on paper. It might not be as good of a matchup as you think. But the good thing about Moreau, at least, is that he's running close to a, you know, a 100% route participation, which is, you can't say that for a lot of tight ends. So that's the good thing. So he'll be out there for every play, for every pass play. That's what you want. So hopefully, you know, if he, apparently Darren Waller is, can come back at some point. They don't know if he's going to come back uh, next week or not. But, for now, I think you can start Moreau, uh, you know, as as a solid tight end one. Yeah, I think that's what he's going to be. Like the way the landscape is, that's what he will do for you. With Cole Komet, it is completely dependent on whether Justin Fields plays. If I'm going to start him or not, that's all it is. You know, that's like night and day. Especially with you know Darnell Mooney now and out. Um, Justin Fields was targeting Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet pretty much. You know, most consistently. And without Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet could be in line for more work. If Justin Fields plays, and I think he's going to, so this is a fine ranking for me. Um, and Gerald Everett, I think it's a pretty good matchup. Like you said, it looks good. I, I think it really looks good. I'm tempted to move him up a little bit, Gerald Everett, maybe, but I'm just going to temper expectations for now because yeah, my, my only thing with Everett, matchups. yeah, he's been in good matchups, but he hasn't gotten done. Right? Yeah. And also, it's because his route participation is low, like 60 percent of route participation. He's not running around on most of these dropbacks. So and and now it's apparently. Justin Herbert likes a lot of these other wide receivers too, right? Mm-hmm. Palmer and DeAndre Carter and Eckler, you know, the Keenan, you know, so it's like, where does Joe ever fit in that picture? Right. It's an unknown right now. He's having, yeah. he's having some Debo syndrome right now. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. Too many weapons around him. I'm going to roll through these other tight ends quickly. Yeah. Tyler Higby. It all depends on whether he gets full practices this week or not. If he's questionable, I don't want to start him. But if he if he's good to go, if he gets some full practices in, I'm cool starting him, and I'm, I might even move him up a little bit. Great yeah. matchup against Seattle. Hayden Hurst against Kansas City. You know he's he's going to either get it done or not. Like it's like one of those situations where you never know. But he's running a high rap participation as well. Kansas City, good matchup, and also high scoring game. So you know if you want, you can put Hurst in there. I, I think that I think that Bengals Chiefs game kind of falls into start everybody territory. You know, that's yeah. that's just me. I mean, even though Hayden Hurst, he's been, you know, relatively quiet at tight end. Um, anybody's liable to catch a touchdown in those games that just go, you know, crazy. So I, I think that a touchdown is all you can ask for from a tight end at this point, and he has a pretty good chance of getting one if if he, you know, these offenses, you know, clash. I got Greg Dulcich at 13. He's running a high route participation, but he's just not getting the targets right now. He hasn't got it done over the last couple of weeks, even without Jerry Judy. So a little bit disappointing there. Tyler Conklin at 14, he's running around 70% rap participation, uh, which is solid for a tight end. Uh, and against Minnesota, you know, maybe he can do something. Um, 
Yeah. But you, 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 he just hasn't got done either. And with Mike White, maybe targets redistribute a little bit, but who knows? Evan Ingram at 15 against Detroit. Jawan Johnson against Tampa Bay. Hunter Henry. Dawson Knox at 18. Robert Tunyon. And then Logan Thomas at 19 and 20. Right. And, and then, I, yeah. Who'd you move out of the 20 spot? Was it Jelani Woods? I moved out Jelani Woods because uh, Grandson. Oh, Colin Grandson. Yeah. yeah Colin Grandson okay. is going to play this week. If, yeah, Colin Grandson is going to play this week. So I was going to say, if he doesn't, would Jelani Woods have any appeal to you? I guess he would if he was yeah, he would. at 20. But yeah. He would. Yeah, he would. Uh, because, you know, he had nine targets last week, caught eight of them or whatever it was. So I, I'm, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> like, like, you know, the, 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 the tight end landscape is so bleak. That yeah. you know anybody who can pop off a little bit, you know, would be intriguing. Was it was there always this bad with tight ends in fantasy? Like I feel like it wasn't a couple of years ago when obviously Travis usually Kelsey it's was not around. this bad. Usually it's like you can get you can get like the top 10, 12 tight ends can give you like ten points. Yeah, you know, on a like, per game basis. Back in the but day, it's been bad when lately. we had Travis Kelsey, we had Gronk, we had Delaney Walker running around and doing you know good game, having good games. Yeah. Um, well, also remember Ertz, you know, is out. Yeah. You know, Goddard is out. That's that's you know, true. So, we have a few tight ends, top tight ends who are out, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I hear you. All right. That's going to do it for this show, guys. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, our Q&A show. So uh, since there's no trade shows anymore, what we did, we moved the shows up a little bit. And then on Fridays, we're going to be doing Q&A. Okay. So make sure you tune in noon Eastern time here on YouTube on the Upper Hand Fantasy YouTube channel. We're going to be going over questions. Just put your questions in the chat. You can use the super chat too if you want to, you know, uh, have your questions uh, preferred. Um, but yeah, we'll be answering a bunch of questions for like an hour. We'll be do- doing some underdog stuff as well, uh, letting you guys know what underdog plays that we love this weekend. And yeah, we'll see you guys there. It's all about you guys tomorrow. Take it easy. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. See ya.